0: hey everyone and welcome back to the throwing up bricks podcast yeah as
1: always i'm your host jared and that is jake kobe bryant has the most missed field goals in nba history shooters shoot happy birthday kobe
0: happy birthday kobe r.i.p legend um yeah so here we are on a sunday morning um talking some basketball like always um Right now it's the the middle of the Boston Philly game and it was very close, but uh, no longer so. So that may taint our conversation later, but (laughs) it doesn't matter. Let's do our housekeeping first. Get that out of the way. Um, As always, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so via email. I am working on a Twitter account. I didn't tell you that, Jake, but I'm working on it. I'm an associated Twitter account. But in the meantime, you can reach out to us via email at throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. Once again, that's the pod name followed by JJ, throwing up bricks, JJ at gmail.com.
1: And as per usual, as the kids are saying, usual these days, we are available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts. You can find us there.
0: Anywhere at all, we are there. Well, not anywhere at all, but most places, most places. Yeah, I don't Um, think we're in Italy,
1: but we're working on it.
0: I don't know, man. We are pretty worldwide. Nobody's listened to us worldwide, but we're available. more <laughs> domestically.
1: But hey, <laughs> yeah. that's another here and another. <laughs> that's too mean, man. Too mean. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Well, let's just get into it, man. All right. Let us hit it. Oh, by the way, I didn't explain uh, before the intro. Um, uh, We kind of upped our subscription to this podcasting site that we're using i won't name it um because we're not sponsored by them so but we we up the subscription level subscription level account whatever it doesn't matter scrub level level. um so yeah now so now we we upgrade the plan that's the word i'm looking for plan and now we can have this cool little sound bar up here where i can have drops and stuff and i can i can drop things like uh a ba-doom boom like that yeah, or if we wanted, to, if we ever talked baseball, which I don't know why we ever would because we hate it, but
1: yeah, that's cool, I got right? a sound we could do when we talk baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a
0: drop. We might, sh- we probably should make it though. That's pretty good. That's a good sound, Jake. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we've got plenty of drafts. We'll be having fun with that. We'll be having lots of fun. So let's move on to basketball, though. We got a lot to talk about um i thought we could start if it's all right with you jake uh we could start with the utah versus the nuggets game because mm-hmm. that actually has some serious implications here yeah um, i think of all one. the series going on right now it's it's the most surprising
1: would you uh-huh. say i'd agree yeah
0: um cool so maybe we should start with the news or, or not nah segment i mean we we intro'd it last pod if you didn't listen uh it's a segment where basically one of us introduces uh some news A recent uh, hot take, a stat line, something like that. And the other one reacts to it, you know, as simple as that. Says if it's news or maybe not. Maybe not so important. How do you feel about that, Jake?
1: Let's do it. Jump into
0: it. Let's do it. it. All right. I'm going to hit it. And with the sound, it's going to be great. All right. In recent news. After rejoining the Jazz in the bubble following the birth of his son, Mike Conley made a playoff career-high seven threes 3s en route to 27 points during the Jazz's 124-87 to 87 shellacking of the Denver Nuggets on Friday. The Jazz now hold a 2-1 series lead over the Nuggets. Is this news or nah?
1: Well, I'm going to tell you, Jared, I believe this is huge news. Huge news? I- not really. Okay, I think it's news just because <laughs> of the fact that uh, regardless of if him coming back was the catalyst for this bombardment of scoring, but the Jazz are hitting their stride. They're, they looked pretty yeah. subpar throughout the whole bubble, but now in this first round series, they have looked like they've arrived at that peak that everybody thought they were going to be uh, preseason when they were Dark Horse contenders. And this is minus their best shooter in Bogdanovich. So the fact that they have guys hitting threes, they got uh, uh, Donovan scoring in a high clip and a high and efficient clip. Rudy is dominating in the paint. I think it's all clicking for them. Um, I don't think that they're going to have the firepower to beat somebody in the next round. But for right now, it's looking like they kind of have a stranglehold on the Nuggets, especially because they're keeping the Nuggets to scoring under 100 points, which is pretty baffling especially this last game the nuggets shot terribly from the field they couldn't hit a shot so yeah i think I the lakers
0: just... were the only team who was supposed to not score 100 points
1: exactly exactly i think lebron took their superpowers because the lakers are actually looking pretty yeah. good but we'll get to that but yeah i i think it's news i think he is giving them the shooting that they desperately needed before the bubble when he was gone um and he's also you know obviously we know a good perimeter defender so he's putting that pressure on on murray and all those guys to bring the ball up so i think it's news
0: yeah i'm with you my conland looks rejuvenated is it time to start saying um the baby bump is a real thing remember last year i think it
1: has to be because last year you had van fleet right
0: exactly yeah that's what i was gonna say
1: yeah i think it's a thing
0: man it makes sense i'm no father um Fingers crossed. But um, <laughs> I understand that it can be very stressful leading up to the birth of your child, especially your first one. So um, it makes sense that Conley would have been stressed playing horribly in the bubble. Now he went down there. He saw his beautiful son being born stress-free, gets to come back to the bubble, knowing everything's all right back at home. And he, he plays out of his mind. So
1: it's a, it's a very good sign for the jazz, right?
0: The one only evidence
1: that kind of works towards that theory is Dwight Howard. I think he has like... 37 kids so you think he would have been playing a lot better in the playoffs these past couple of years but hey there's always but i think an they're all uh
0: you know what i'm gonna turn that back around on you because i think they're all over four years old or three years old which was right back in the peak dwight days way back when right when they were all getting born so right, maybe right. you know maybe he was fair having enough. a kid every other year and then he you know we'd see a spurt of dwight howard for a bit there fair enough good to be um <laughs> <laughs> back to the jazz uh the one point i wanted to make regarding joe ingles is this we mentioned it before the series it might be a problem with these two ingles and conley because they can't both seem to be good at the same time it seems to be impossible yeah another dud here for ingles two points on all of two shooting he had eight assists so i guess that's the good part but two points for a guy that played 22 minutes that and is supposed to be a key rotation guy that's that's not good enough yeah and they might have to address this in the off season, depending on how far they go right I, I guess they could fix it later in the playoffs that doesn't seem likely you don't generally fix things as the playoffs go on especially things that have been troublesome all year but they're gonna have to look at this pairing because they can't seem to function alongside each other conley seems to function somewhat all right or at least he's had one good game now one sample size game that he's been all right next to joe but joe cannot work next to conley we have mm-hmm. an entire season of evidence to support that so On the other side, rough night for the Nuggets. None of them shot particularly well or in high volume, I would say. Um, So that's rough. Murray had a bad game again. I don't know. They just played bad across the board. They looked slow, lethargic, not really into it. Yeah. The Jazz just looked better. So I have a question. Does this change your outlook on the series? Do you think now that the Jazz rather than the Nuggets are the favorites?
1: I, th- I think you have to say that because they've got the lead and the momentum. I'm not going to count out the Nuggets yet. Um, I still think that they can win this series, but there's no doubt that the Jazz are in control right now. And, and, and it's it's a must-win two games, I believe, for the Nuggets. They can't afford to to remain down in the series. They need to make a run now.
0: I agree. I think this, this next game is obviously pivotal. If you go down 3-1, you might as well say goodnight. In recent years, yeah, we've had a few teams come back from the 3 1 deficit, but historically, it's very unlikely. So they it's definitely. A lot need to easier play. when
1: you have guys like LeBron James and Steph Curry on those teams.
0: Right, right. And last time I checked, none, none of those guys played for either of these teams. So um, yeah. I'm with you. I think uh, the Jazz now have a stranglehold on this series. And if Denver wants to get back in it, they have to win this next game, reset the series, get back to ground zero. So mm. we'll see what happens let's move on to the we have three series right now that are three oh the the better team is shellacking the teams on the bottom um I except really for like one, that word, one i do like it man it's, it's such a good word shellacking it's fun to say try it try it okay yeah huh? well you, you extended the shit for a little longer than i would personal preference but you know it's, it's fun right yeah.
1: uh, slacking slacking same thing <laughs>
0: but yeah let's move on to the 3-0 series S- starting with the uh, boston philly who boston who took a 3-0 lead a commanding 3-0 series lead has looked by far better than philly in pretty much every single game mm-hmm. and as currently stands have a 12 point lead late in the fourth year of game four so it's it's looking like we should get the brooms out you have anything else to say about this
1: um up for tobias harris i know he took a pretty bad spill there I hit his head hopefully he's okay with, yeah, with no concussion cool. or anything like that but uh i don't know what you do with the sixers i mean this is another year of disappointment even though you were a contender last year and lost by a couple bounces by Kawhi leonard right uh yeah. i don't know i don't know what you do going into the offseason here it's going to be it's going to be interesting
0: is brett brown as good as fired is this the end
1: i think so yeah the way coaches are 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 uh, rotated here in the NBA, I think a disappointment at this level, there's no doubt that he loses his job because they got to blame somebody.
0: They got to blame somebody and he's avoided it for so long for so many (laughs) years. I I think this has to be the end of it. Yeah. this is. I don't want to say the straw that broke the camel's back because, well, I just don't like that saying, but I think this is the final straw in a sense, you know, Mm. he's gotten passes in previous years because of health concerns because of Matchup concerns. I mean, they did take, you know, the Raptors to seven last year, and that's probably what saved him, but and that they were the eventual champions. But this year, you can't skate out again on, on Ben Simmons being injured because you should not be getting swept from by Boston despite the, the Simmons injury. That's just, this is just not good enough. And this is too many years of him showing he's not good enough to coach this team um, based on how much talent they have. So I like Brett Brown, but I think he's gone. Uh, moving on to Raptors Nets. The raps look really good. Is that, is that it? Is that the, I
1: mean, pretty much they're handling a, um, a depleted and less talented team, like a championship and they're going to sweep them. So there's not really much to say about the Raptors. They're, they're fine tuning and they're preparing for the Celtics right now. That's That's about it.
0: So you think we should get the brooms out? We think this is done.
1: Oh yeah. I've got, I've got a couple lined up out here
0: yeah you got the tiny one with the little bin that you use for for small spaces and then you got the, the big one that you use to scrape the sidewalk outside mm-hmm. and get those and right i got a your-
1: zamboni just in case
0: yeah 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 even, even maybe in a vacuum you know if you want to stress the definition of a sweep yeah. mm. a swiffer swiffer duster i want to- <laughs> hashtag sponsor <laughs> hashtag sponsor hashtag please 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 <laughs> um yeah i'm with you it's a sweep I think the most interesting part of this is uh, the potential Raptors Celtics series coming up here. Oh, definitely, guaranteed. Um, that's going to be fun because both these teams probably look the best out of all the teams playing right now.
1: Yeah, I would agree. So, that's a good point, point. and they're both rest. Maybe
0: the Heat, but we'll talk about them. Yeah, they both look rest. They're rested. Their stars are playing well. Siakam had a great game. He, he showed up big in this one, which we've been waiting for. Uh huh. Yep. So. That'll be a good series. We we should watch for that, um, and everybody's gonna be watching for that. It's gonna be one of the greatest series because I, I think actually a lot of these series are gonna be great in the second round here. I don't think I see one really on the schedule that's gonna be not fun. Um, yeah. Even even the presumptive Rockets Lakers series, if if we, you know, if we project out that far, even that the clashing of styles alone will be interesting. So, okay, let's move on to the last team: Heat and Pacers. Um, I have a lot to say about this later on when it comes to Jimmy. the The Heat beat the Pacers. This was a close one. So I, I know this is a three zero series, but all these games have been close. Yeah, th- yeah. except for maybe one. Uh, was the second game not close? I don't remember. Well, the, the first, first one,
1: one was a little was was kind of a blowout.
0: Yeah. Got so many games they all blend together. But the Heat took the last one, one twenty four to one fifteen. It was a close one throughout. They pulled away late here. Miami did. Yeah. Um, what mm-hmm. were your keys to this game and and to this series overall? Because I do think it's a wrap on this series.
1: Um, I mean, number one, obviously, is the three-point shooting of the Heat. Um, they've not really been a team in the regular season that you think they are. They do hit threes at a high clip um, yeah. and efficiently because of guys like Robinson. But when you think about them, that's not what you think about no. uh, in terms of their strengths. But they're proving that they are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. And then secondly is my sixth man of the year, Gordon Drogic. Yep.
0: He, Even he's starting now.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I, this year he only started three years in the uh, three games in the regular season. Right. Um, he's just been amazing. He's like Dwayne Wade said: some, "You got to pay him next year." He's <laughs> proven that he can come off the bench and be highly effective. He's proven he can fill in at the starting spot and blend with whoever's on the lineup with him and be highly effective. He's shown that he's a much improved three point shooter off the catch. He's he looked like their best player last night, and it's it's amazing when you have all these talented guys that can step up and and have a game essentially at any given day. Um, He's proved throughout this whole series that he's been the one consistent on their team that has led them to victory.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Gordon's been great for for many, many years. I I think the one thing with him is he's one of those guys where the injury bug kind of bites him at inopportune times. Mm -hmm. He just happens to get injured at the the worst time of the season or in the playoffs or something, at least the last few years. Uh, Before that, he had better luck, but yeah, he's always been a stud, man. I mean, he is a former All-Star, right? He had that one All-Star birth. Um Yeah, he, he's been a stud. And and the fate the Pacers fought hard in this one. Uh, they had three guys who had 20-plus each, Oladipo, um, Brogdon, and... TJ. Uh, TJ, thank you. Yeah. TJ Warren. So they all went for 20-plus. Oladipo looked much better in this one. but it, Brogdon it looked really phenomenal. Matter. Yeah, the Heat are too much.
1: <laughs> Brogdon yeah. looked yeah. great, but
0: the heat had like four guys 20 plus. I mean, I guess the only question for me is do the heat relax and drop one here in game four.
1: Yeah. This wasn't a fault of the pacers. And obviously you can point to the fact that the, the heat shot, you know, 52 free throws. Um, yeah. That's definitely, you're going to win that game. If you're shooting 50 free throws in a game, you're going to win. Um, yeah, that's so insane. yes, that that's, that's rough. Um, I don't think that Butler should have gotten all those calls, but, that's the way it goes sometimes in the playoffs. And um, I just, I just, the, the Pacers are missing Sabonis so much. I can't say it enough. It's, he completely changes the offense and the defense of this team.
0: He he does. I mean, the heater on a level right now is a team that I think only the raps and Celts can match in terms of absolute cohesion and flow. They're just mm-hmm. to every man. They know what their role is and they fulfill it perfectly. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned Jimmy because I, I have a little bit to say about Jimmy. If you don't mind me going on Go a tangent here, I've never been the biggest Butler fan, right? Which is not a surprise. He's not everybody's cup of tea, but the, the dude is just, I don't know right now if I could name six other players in the game today who I'd rather have the ball down the stretch, you know, in like a tight yeah. game. Yeah. Maybe that's being a little hyperbolic, but I, I don't think it is. I really couldn't probably name six other active players. Obviously, you know you have your Stephs and KDs who are out, but I don't think I could name six other players because let me interject. Actually, uh, I'll be—I watched his interview uh, yesterday morning with with JJ on JJ's podcast from earlier in the year. Uh-huh. I, you know, the everybody heard about it at the time, but I never really cared enough to watch it back then. But it came in my feed yesterday, so I watched it. While I was eating. Yeah, breakfast. I've seen that one. So I probably got suckered in a bit by the Jimmy charm because he is charismatic. He he has a charisma about him, so I can I I can also see why he's been deemed "quote unquote" hard to work with by people because he's he's the epitome of a straight shooter. He's the kind of guy who's just he tells you what he thinks and he tells you it frankly and absent no and you know in absolute terms because he just wants to get to the point. He wants to get to the solution in the straightest possible path. Right? Yeah, and I love those kind of people. I try to be that, like that myself. I know I don't succeed all the time, but. I do try and be that way, but I, I really like that philosophy that in a work environment, and even to some extent in life in general, we all kind of just need to acknowledge that being Frank, honest, and to the point to get to a, an efficient and meaningful dialogue. I mean, that's, that's something we need to not celebrate, but, but that's not the word, uh, but adopt, accept. we need to strive towards, right? Because it's not, it's not about criticizing people. You know, it's just so hard to not step on anybody's toes and to, Wander around the point and you know not say something that's not quite a hundred percent in line with what you said, and just get to the point, Jesus. And that's Jimmy's philosophy. I feel like if you distill it down to its basic parts, and I I love that philosophy. But so my point is, um, I probably got suckered in a bit by his his charisma during that interview and stuff. So this might be coloring my opinion here, but the dude is just clutch. I remember last year, like last last year, twenty eighteen-19 season before we had AD. The Lakers faced the the Minnesota who Jimmy was on at that point. Really early in the year, I want to say it was like our 7th game or something. But I remember Jimmy on that team and just being an absolute assassin in that early game. Like he came down play after play after play in that fourth quarter and hit like tough shot after tough shot after after setting up a teammate for a layup, after another tough contested three. The dude just surgically took us apart down the stretch. And I remember being so frustrated, which was a feeling I would come to be very familiar with that season um that we just had no answer we had no answer to this guy who we had lebron freaking james on the floor but it was an unsettling feeling knowing that the most clutch guy on the floor is not the four-time mvp in purple and gold but rather the yelling at his teammates in practice yelling at his own gm to pay him jerk on the other side he's like this guy you have to begrudgingly respect and just always shows up so he's not by the stats he might not be your typical superstar because his three-point percentage has fallen this year and everything, but he gets to the line so much, like he saw in this game, and he's so clutch that I don't know if there's six other guys I prefer in the clutch when it matters.
1: I I totally agree, and the thing about it is the definition of clutch with him is different than how you think of other guys, like Mike, Kobe, even LeBron, KD, Steph. Those guys, when you think clutch, you think they're going to hit the last shot. right? They're going to take the last yeah. shot. Butler is a different type of clutch. Like in this game, he struggled from the field. He was getting to the line, getting his points there, but he wasn't making a lot of his shots. And down the stretch of the game, he knew when to give other guys the ball and when to take the shot and take the and and take the drive. He's not he doesn't force things because he's the guy the on the team. he knows yeah. to to when he doesn't, you know, do a Kobe thing where double team comes, I'm going to shoot it anyways. He gives it to the odd hand. He does things like that. He makes clutch plays rather than strictly clutch shots. He
0: does. He picks his spots and he knows the opportune time. He just has a very good sense for, for what the team needs from him in the clutch mm-hmm. and he doesn't overextend or underextend. He just does it perfectly. It's, it's almost Kawhi like in that sense, very robotic operational, but, but surgically efficient. Yeah. So I only have one more question regarding heat pacers. Kendrick non is sorry. Kendrick Nunn, uh is basically a non factor. You know, he's basically gone from the rotation. What, what has happened here? I mean, I think it's a great move by Spolstra to take him out of the starting lineup and put Dragic in there. Cause it's, it's been great, but what do you think's going on there?
1: Um, I think it's just coming back from, from not playing and having a team playing so well with their rotation. now. um, I don't think it could any, do anything but detract from what's going to happen. But he's definitely going to be used in the next series. He's going to be a guy against the Bucks who can. He's probably the only guy on that team, maybe Dragic and Spurts, but that can break down the defense. He he, that's what he's good at. He's good at driving and and creating a, a double in the paint and dishing it out for a three. So he'll definitely be used in the next series. But I think it's a good decision. He's he hasn't played. He's not in rhythm, and this team is playing well with this rotation. Why ruin that when you're trying to close out a series?
0: Yeah, it makes sense in that context. It's yeah. just so weird to me because he was their starter literally all year. It is weird. And now he's a DMP coach's decision.
1: Like yeah. what? Whoa, that, that's a huge turnaround. So I mean, it's his first game back, so y- you can't take too much stock in it. Yeah,
0: and that's true. So we'll we'll see what happens next series. You're right. All right, sorry. I, I kind of derailed us with my Jimmy talk there, but let, let's move on to the Rockets versus Thunder. That was a, a, a good game. Uh, the series is now tied 2-1. Uh, Do you have any thoughts about, about this? I mean, OKC won 119-107, just to recap for everybody, and they avoided falling into the 03 hole, which is basically a hole you don't come back from ever. No team mm-hmm. has ever come back from that in NBA history. What were the keys to this game for you, Jake?
1: There was two, uh, one on each side. One was Chris Paul. Um, and the rest of the guards, but specifically Chris Paul. Uh, we know this is the best three guard lineup that I, maybe we've seen in the past, you know, five six years. Um, they they can all score and play make, and it's amazing to watch them when they're all firing on all cylinders. And Chris Paul was Chris Paul. He was clutch at the end of the game. He kind of revived the series. He didn't look great the past two games, so he, yeah, he, he finally showed up. Thing. Yeah, and then the other thing was. A typical Rockets loss. They missed threes down the stretch. They couldn't hit the side of a barn down the stretch. It's not like they they lost strictly because OKC was was beating them on the offensive end. They just didn't hit any of their shots, especially in overtime when Harden fouled out. It's just a typical Houston loss. When they start missing threes, when they miss five threes in a row, it's tough for them to regain that momentum.
0: Yeah, they really live by the three, die by the three. That is the the Rockets' way, and the last two games they've been really cold and they managed to pull out game two because the thunder played like garbage, but the thunder finally took advantage of their cold shooting this time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm with everything you said spot on CP three finally showed up. He stopped looking like the revived corpse of Chris Paul and he's, he's actually the real Chris Paul. I mentioned before the podcast that I have a bunch of those zingers, but I don't, I don't think they're very good. So I won't bore the audience with <laughs> them. Workshop
1: him. You'll, you'll
0: get him. Um, I'll workshop him. Yeah. I, I had things re- regarding him being Cliff Paul or him being Alfonso Riviera, pretending to be Chris Paul in the previous series. <laughs> yeah, that's a sound effect I just wanted to do. So, but, but, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll workshop him. I'll workshop him. So let's move on. Let's move on because I don't have anything else to say. I think I think the, the Rockets still get this series. I think it's, it's a little too late for the Thunder to be showing this, but maybe not. Maybe Harden's cold already. Lou Dort did a pretty good job
1: on him. He did a great job.
0: My man, Lou Dort. But unless Harden goes cold like this for the rest of the series, I think it's going to look more like game one um, going forward, unfortunately. So let's move on to Lakers Blazers. That's the last game of our of our slate here that we really need to talk about. We could talk... Uh, the Bucks game, I guess we didn't touch on that. Do you want to touch on that before we get to Lakers Blazers?
1: I mean, all I have to say is I think we overreacted tremendously to that game one loss. Um, yeah. Giannis is too good to, to drop more than a game to a team like the magic. There's still concerns about the supporting cast. Chris had an okay game. He bounced back a little bit, but there are still those concerns about threes and all that, but you can't ever count them out because Giannis is just that good. So I don't really have much to say. until so they face somebody that can actually give him a challenge.
0: Yeah, I mean, he put up a heck of a line, dude. I'm 35, 11, and 7 on 12 of 14 shooting. Unbelievable. Two or three from deep. I mean, that's a that's like a prototypical Giannis line from a game in mid-January where he just he only plays 31 minutes because he plays so hard and dominates so thoroughly when he's in there that they, they're they just up on it. He doesn't have to play more than that. Like, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. They are just so much better than the Magic, and we just we overreacted to a surprise team punching the better team in the mouth on game one, which happens quite often. You know, that's not that weird. So Mm -hmm. I am with you. It's good to see Middleton bounce back a little bit, although he's still still a little shaky on the field, only seven to 17 overall, but yeah, the rest of the Bucks stepped up and that wake up call that we're talking about where they got punched in the mouth, that happened in the Lakers too. So let's transition to them. Yeah. Um, Lakers got again, uh, sorry, got a game won one to one oh eight take the series lead two one they did it in pretty convincing fashion down the stretch at least uh ad and lebron combined for uh let's see here 67 points right Sounds so right, right. that's that's a pretty good uh, on pretty good shooting both went 11 of 18 from the field lebron put up 38 12 and 8 he arrived on the scene he did have eight turnovers, though, and I want to talk about that later. But what were your keys to this game? What was what was the difference here?
1: Um, I mean, first of all, the Lakers are better than the Blazers. That's There's no doubt about that. As good as Dame yep. is You're and as so good tough. as they've played, uh, the Lakers have two of the top five players in the league, right? What struck stuck out to me about this game is down the stretch. I don't think I'd ever seen this in a maybe a regular season game, but not a playoff game, where both teams were so – exhausted that they walked up the court on a fast break you know that play i'm talking about with lebron and ad (laughs) not even crashing half court while you know it's a fourth it's a close game in the fourth quarter uh but the same thing with with the blazers uh um what's his name nurkic looked exhausted he looked like he was about to collapse he looked like jordan in the flu game minus the 45 points um so i don't know it was weird to see that these teams i guess the, there wasn't enough timeouts or what happened why these guys were so exhausted
0: yeah nurk just look exhausted from the tip of every single game yeah <laughs> the dude just has given it all and it makes sense this is his first action remember in a year and a half basically like 13 to 15 months i don't remember exactly the timeline when he broke his leg but it's a lot for a dude to come back play that intensive a ramp up to the playoffs just so you can fight and claw your way in And then on top of that, have to face the one seed and give effort night after night against probably the best big man in the game today in AD. So it's just so much to ask from him. And no wonder he's tired and exhausted.
1: Yeah. And to be fair, they what they had basically every game in the bubble was crucial for them to win. Yeah. They've been playing playoff basketball essentially for a month now. So,
0: yeah, they're exhausted, which was what I was hoping for as a Laker fan. Going into the series, I I was hoping the exhaustion would catch up to them eventually of having to push this hard for so long. Um, So I mentioned LeBron earlier, and he did show up in this one. Finally woke up. Uh, I'm sure that's the headline throughout the NBA. But to me, uh, I guess I'm on the nitpicking train. But I've noticed in the bubble in particular, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention during the regular season, but he's just he's turning the ball over a lot. Yeah. And that's not a big news scoop, right? Everybody sees that. But in particular, it's noticeable to me when he turns it over so much while posting up. Yeah. It feels like he's turning it over when posting up more than ever in his career. Like I don't I don't have that data historically. I didn't have the time to look it up after the game last night, but since he implemented the post game to great effect during that 2012-13 season with the Heat, right? That's when he really like got his post game powers mm-hmm. and he turned that that fadeaway where he basically goes horizontal into a crazy weapon and since then, it's been a huge part of his bread and butter. You know, it's, it's it's part of his toolkit where he uses the post up to do a multitude of things, right? He, he sees the floor from there. It's, it's, that's his source of his LeBron-like things in the half-court set Yeah, where he, he can do the patented horizontal fadeaway like I was talking about. He could throw out to an open shooter out of a double team or he could just charge the paint, collapse the defense while passing to like maybe a the streaking backdoor cutter or something. Um, or the LeBron of old more so than now would just finish straight over two guys by himself. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it used to be that those possessions where he gets it in the post are just some of the best value possessions in the NBA. And now i now I kind of feel like those are not defined by any of those things I just mentioned, but more by LeBron backing in dribbling and then some random, nobody reaches in and strips the ball. And then all of a sudden the other teams on a fast break while LeBron complains to the rest. Yeah, And I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if the stats back it up, but that's what it feels like. And it's it's pretty scary to see that.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't really know if this is going to continue for the rest of the playoffs or if it's just an adjustment thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, it is scary when teams are able to exploit one of the key pillars of his game and our half-court offense. Um, but I think what it lends itself to is that we need to run the offense in the half court through Anthony Davis as much as possible.
0: I agree. He is our star right now. He shows up every, well, no, I shouldn't say that he doesn't show up every night, but he needs to show up every night because he is the advantage that we have over other teams. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's LeBron anymore at this point, especially coming up with the teams we'll be facing with better defensive wings. Yeah. So, yeah. Good it, thing. It, you know, God hoping that we, we actually win the series. Um, last thing I really had in my notes here to touch on. Uh, I mean, the Blazers side, they actually performed pretty good. Dame had 34 McCollum had 28. Um, the Blazers only shot 19 team free throws though to the Lakers 43. So yeah. <laughs> you saw stats complaining after the game. I'm sure. Do you think there's any weight to those comments? You know? I mean, the-
1: yeah, obviously with a margin that big, it's, it's an issue, but you also got to take in fact where the points for their respective teams are coming from. You got, Dame and CJ who are getting perimeter shots and yes, attacking the the basket, but they're guards. And then you've got LeBron and AD banging in the post and and doing that. So there is going to be a discrepancy, but when it's that big of a difference, there's obviously an issue. I don't know what the problem is because fouls are the, the the solution is because fouls are so subjective by player, by team, by possession, all that, that I don't know. I guess the refs get into a rhythm for calling certain fouls for certain players, which is why you see a guy like Jimmy Butler, shoot 20 free throws in a game
0: yeah i'm with you and i have a simpler explanation even though i agree with yours if i was in a joking mood i would say simple explanation the refs suck in the bubble yeah they're garbage they've been garbage we talked about it with the, the clippers series which i guess we haven't touched on do we need to touch on it's probably more impactful just to say anyway, i'm getting ahead of myself anyways i think the refs suck and they're garbage and they are determining more serious than they need to be
1: yeah so it's a great point yeah and we'll, we'll we'll touch on them next pod i'm sure this game today will have a big implication on what we should talk about with them
0: yeah i think the only thing we need to really touch on from the clippers uh maverick series is that luca got hurt he he twisted his ankle pro real bad it looks like right now i'm looking at the tv and it looks like he's gonna try it for today's game and porzingis is out porzingis is out yeah oh my god i didn't notice that okay <laughs> yeah i guess they tipped off and uh Luca is
1: playing, so I don't know. They have him, but wow, Porzingis is out. Do you know why? Ah, uh, no. I just a group text that I have with some guys that that on the Mavericks were complaining about it. So,
0: wow, that's that's a big blow. Yeah, because he was not rumored to be out at all. Wow, that's that's huge for them. Right knee soreness, apparently, according <laughs> to Sham Sharanja of the Athletic. <laughs> um, yeah, he's gonna miss Game Four. Wow. So, <laughs> in light of that, I don't know if they win, man. Porzingis has been great for them. He's been yeah. a key part of their rotation there. Yeah. He's, he's been putting up 30 a game, basically, when mm-hmm. he's not ejected for bullcrap calls. So, uh, yeah, it might be game over here. might be series over. Which is, God, so disappointing, given how game one could have went if the refs were. Exactly. Ref. But, yeah, looks like the Clips will take it. No surprise there. Um, okay, so we, we touched on pretty much everything. We did a quick throw around the league here.
1: As, once per we get to
0: the, as per usual <laughs> once we get to the next round i think we'll be able to focus more on individual games and give even more depth than, than we're really able to right now but i like you know i think we're doing okay let us know listeners what listener Sing any listeners maybe um if anybody's listening let us uh-huh. know what you think <laughs> yeah if anyone's listening let us know what you think. Email us, leave comments on whatever site you're listening to our podcast. That really helps us. Comments in a five-star review would be great. Um, or you can email us as always. Uh, we do, like we said last pod, have a couple ideas for pods. So I think we'll be releasing later today, teasing it right now, a, a new pod idea, not necessarily basketball related. So look out for that. It'll be a lot of Jakey joking and me laughing at my own jokes because no one else will. So Look out for that later this week. We'll probably have a season spotlight in that series. We'll start that.
1: And yeah,
0: I had a great time today, Jake. Anything else?
1: Mm, Get a boo.
0: Get a boo. Perfect. Thanks for listening to us, everyone. And we'll talk to you in the next one. Peace.